So picture this, you are a priest and you have entered the temple and you're about to make a sacrifice that you only make once in your whole lifetime. But in the back of your mind, you have all these doubts, fears, and questions. And suddenly an angel appears. How do you respond? Today on the Minook Moo, we're gonna talk about a guy that experienced that very thing. Hello, welcome to the Midweek Move, podcast extension of The Healing Place. This is the podcast where we examine scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening here? And today, ladies and gentlemen, joining us at the very bright table. Uh, did I say that right? I'm not sure. We're working workshop. Table of bright lighting. The, the table of bright lightning. Lighting. <laughs> <laughs> bright lightning. I did hear lightning earlier. I, I think, did too, thunder, man. Yeah. So we had some rumbling in the previous <laughs> podcast. Um, so, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined again by our lead pastor here at The Healing Place, Pastor Scott. Uh, and uh, we're going through his favorite book, and I'm excited because I feel like uh, we're going to learn more and more about you as we read through this. Just a little bit I heard last week. I was like, wow, that's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. That was good, man. Yeah. So I love how the scriptures affect people in different ways, and you find these people like, oh, man, this is a, a verse that means something to me, and you get into the background of why, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's one thing for somebody to say, hey, this – First means a lot to me. I've got it on a pillow or I've got it on a whatever. But mm-hmm. man, when 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 the scripture has met you at a very personal place mm-hmm. in a momentous occasion in your life, man, there's just something that happens. You 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 not only identify with the people that you read about, but mm-hmm. but the fact that that your identification now is through the God right. who these people worshipped and sacrificed to and yeah. lived for. You you have a whole different appreciation for it. Oh yeah, that's that's why I try not to knock people when they say like you know this is their favorite verse or this is their favorite song or something like that because it's all personal and it adjusts yeah. them you know hits them in the right spot and we had this great experience Sunday morning uh, we sung a song that's older um, and um, at that point it started off with almost a rock and roll riff because our associate pastor hit the wrong <laughs> pedal <laughs> button but it was this very I'm not sure if it was an old hymn or not but all of a sudden I just know the all the older folks in our church. Man, they were in the glory cloud at that moment. But what I loved is we went to a newer song, Lion, and they didn't leave the glory cloud. That's right. But they brought in a whole crowd with them of younger people in it. That's right. It can't knock because that song meant something to some of these people. Man, that song hit, and I saw some older people just begin to cry, begin to weep as they experienced the Lord in that moment. Yeah, it's not just a song they've heard on Christian radio. No. This is something that, you know, that's that's the one thing I, I really get a little upset with people where they're like, Oh man, people just love those old songs because of blah blah blah. I'm like, man, those songs are being played when they got saved. Oh yeah, those songs are being played when, when they were weeping at an altar mm. and 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 crying out to God in desperation because maybe they didn't have food to put on the table. Yeah, that next week, maybe they didn't know where the next meal was going to come from. Maybe they didn't know how they were going to take care of their children. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't know if their child was going to live the next day. You know. Mm. Maybe they, and those those songs were being played, and they mm. were worshiping to those songs. And it's like we look at somebody and go, "Oh, that's just an old song." No, that's not an old song. Yeah, and that's something the Lord used to be a testimony to that person. Yeah, uh, to help them through that time. Absolutely, and that's that's where the Lord works. He takes moments, and He will remind us of of His grace through those moments, either through songs or for you through the the passages that we're about to read through here yeah. today. 
And I want to hear from you guys. If maybe Luke's special to you, we want to hear that story. Why is Luke special to you? Reach out to us, MediaHub at thpstreetport.com, and and let us know why is the Book of Luke special to you. Well, that being said, uh, Pastor, we left uh, Zechariah in a uh, auspicious situation. Um, the world was on top of him. He's entering the Holy of Holies. He's got bells and ropes tied around him as he's about to make the sacrifice um, with a lot of questions and doubts in his head, but he's here holy to, to worship. Uh, let's, uh, let's pick up with this adventure that he's on. And the people are waiting outside. Yeah. Praying for him. Praying <laughs> outside. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is a big, big, big deal. Mm. Standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Okay. Suddenly, the appearance of an angel takes place. After two, 400 years of silence from the Lord, they're just, they're, they're doing this out of dedication. An angel's there. Pops up. <laughs> just, if we could speculate, Pastor, what do you suppose went through his mind when he sees this angelic being in front of him? Well, last week we talked about the the weight that this man is carrying mm-hmm. of him and his wife being barren, no children, their advanced age. He's going into the temple with uncertainty. He's he's going to to do a priestly duty that might be once in a lifetime, maybe once a year, maybe once every eight years. We're not quite sure, but the divisions of the priesthoods would say this is not something he does normally. Mm. Um, And that carries a bunch of weight and he's gone into it and people are outside waiting for him to either come out, tell them what the Lord has said, tell them everything's good or die. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And add on to that. Many historians believe that there was this period of time that was several hundred years where there weren't any recorded acts "Quote unquote from heaven." Mm-hmm. Again, that can be, you know, subjective to to whatever. But but historians seem to agree that mm-hmm. that it seemed like the heavens had been shut up as brass, yeah. and that God was not listening anymore. There seemed to be no direct communication from God. There were things that were taking place That's that right. seemed divine in nature, but God wasn't speaking to His people. Yeah, and it was a very dark dark time as right. well. So it was a very dark, hard time, and so. In my mind's eyes, as I'm thinking that the angel appears and I'm in here doing this, I've done something wrong. Mm. Because again, what he's doing is very serious. He's not in there going, hey, I'm burning incense. I'm worshiping the Lord. Man, this is the greatest song. I just, man, this new worship song that's just come out is so great. You know, no, 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 no. Yeah. It is the opposite of that. <laughs> I, this burning of incense is, it is an intense moment. Mm-hmm. And then an angel shows up out of nowhere. Mm. And fear had to have gripped his heart. Oh, yeah. Again, what have I done wrong? Mm-hmm. Because there's already something wrong with me and my wife mm-hmm. because we can't have a child. Right. And so what have I done wrong now? Mm-hmm. Because now, if it's something I've done wrong, it's over. Mm-hmm. And so... There had that had to be there. Yeah. Again, we can speculate, but again, knowing the backstory and knowing the priesthood and knowing what came with culture, knowing what came with the anticipation, mm-hmm. knowing the expectations from priests, mm-hmm. 
it it just had to be this moment. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Because it doesn't say that he was just like, hey, this is amazing. Awesome. I'm so <laughs> glad you're here. It's like, praise the Lord. It's like, no, fear mm. fell. That word fell upon him. Right. Fear fell upon him, gripped him. Mm-hmm. Fear gripped him. Yeah. And so this doesn't seem to lean towards the awe and reverence type of fear. Mm-hmm. This seems to be more of a genuine fear. Yeah. It's like that, feel, like what I described with people that the type of fear where, like, you know, there's like a pulling on your stomach and there's this pull down on your soul. You're like, I, am I, is this my time? Well, and normally when you see this in the, in that context like this, especially in the Old Testament, it would have said fear of the Lord, mm. where here it just says fear fell upon him. Mm-hmm. And it seems to, um, even the root words of this seem to lean more towards an abject fear something wrong has happened. Right, absolutely. Rather than an awe and reverence. Yeah. Well, let's see how the angel responds to that. Verse 13, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Like, this is beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) what comes next? Although it sounds good, in context, mm-hmm. this is not a great answer mm-hmm. for Zacharias. Right. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. This is huge. Yeah. God's heard you. Your son is coming. And you shall call his name John. Mm. Like that. <laughs> it's kind of the the double hand, like, surprise. And like, you know, the, the with the slap on the cheek a little bit, because it's it's kind of a weird thing. So again, the angel, it, it's an amazing news. Lord, hear your prayer. You're having a child. The name is great. The Lord is gracious. Yeah. That's what that means. God's showing grace to a family that had no grace given to them. That's right. By society in their perception of who God was. Yeah. The perception of society that they didn't have grace on them, but they had grace on them all along. Right. And yet there's still this conversation of like, but is he really gracious to me when I'm having to call my son, John? Why is that a problem, Pastor? Well, in in culture and in their genealogy and in in their family, there is no context for John at all. Mm-hmm. That's the polar opposite of that culture. Mm-hmm. This child should be Zacharias. That's his name. Yeah, he's going to be named after his father. Yeah, he's going to wear the garments of his father. He's going to follow the footsteps of his father. This wasn't just a today where it's like, oh, I hope little, you know, I hope little Scott follows in my footsteps and I hope he blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. This was. This, this is was, what you do. Yeah, this is non-negotiable. Right. And and so to hear you shall call his name John had to be very confusing. Mm-hmm. Because, again, there would have been no context for him to name this child John. Yeah. From everything that I've read and I've read not just Luke 1, but I've also read many, many historical books, many Jewish mm-hmm. writings about specifically about Zacharias and specifically about John. Mm-hmm. And there was no context for Zacharias with the name John. Yeah. Zero. Mm. And so this answer to prayer, God's heard you, this is amazing, we're going to have a son. But to add on to it, you shall call his name John. There would have been this amazing expectation and and celebration mixed with some confusion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for all of us. 
like God can meet us in a place and he can, he can come to us and he can say, Hey, I've, I've heard your prayer and I'm going to answer your prayer and I'm going to do it this way. And it doesn't line up with our context, Mm -hmm. the way that we wanted him to do it. Right. And because of that, this celebration now is mixed with confusion. Yeah. And maybe a bit of trepidation. Yeah. This is a thing that I've, 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 we talked about it often, and uh, in fact, even uh, on our social medias, on our Instagram, TikTok, we put out a, uh, a a clip of Pastor Matt preaching and talking about how God's faithful, and he, you know, Jesus' people are willing to sacrifice the promise, understanding that, or not sacrifice the blessing under because they're trusting the promise. And in that, in the paragraph on that, I talked about the fact that um, God's will fulfill His promise. It just may not look the way that we want it to, or the way we're expecting. We expect X, Y, Z things from God. God's like, you don't understand what you're asking for. I, the perfect sovereign being, am going to provide for you what you need because you don't know you need it. And, you know, another thing, I had a conversation um, last week with someone, um, and um, I said, um, I said, you know, one thing we never think about when we're praying is that other people are praying too. Mm. And if I'm praying for an expected outcome for me, they're praying for an expected outcome for them. Mm-hmm. I'm praying through my own lens and they're praying through their own lens. Who is God listening to? Mm. That's a good question. (laughs) And if he's listening to all of us, then what lens is it? Mm. Because, okay, I'm praying. I asked somebody to pray for me. Dallas, pray for me. Dallas is praying for me, but you're probably not praying the exact thing that I'm praying because we're coming from two different places. Right. So you may be praying in a way that's actually different than I'm praying, who's God going to listen to? Like, we never think about that. Yeah, yeah. We ask people to pray with us and about something or someone. Right. Everyone's praying. Right. But are we all praying exactly the same? Right. And who is God listening to? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that we miss that, and 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 we we we're putting our own stipulations on how God is going to answer it mm-hmm. through our own lens not realizing that God's got a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And in this right here, God's picture is not Zacharias, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist living their life together and being this nice little nuclear family for the <laughs> He has a plan that is being put in place for himself mm-hmm. to come incarnate in the flesh. Right. And for this one to lead the way for that. Yeah. And so, again, Zacharias is wanting to hear, call him Zacharias. And when he says his name shall be called John, there has to be this confusion and trepidation of going, why? Mm -hmm. He will find out later why. And when he does, something will happen to him that had never happened to him prior and that there are very very few recorded times of this ever happening to anyone mm. before the birth of Jesus. Right. Man. Well, let's continue this journey here. All right. 
and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. So again, it's more good news. It's it's great news. Yeah. And I love the fact that the angel comes in after he gives him this <laughs> really confusing, you know, word. He says, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. So this isn't just about you and Elizabeth. Like, many people are going to rejoice. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Now, to a priest, this is this is... This is the ultimate. Oh, yeah. This is the ultimate. My son is going to be great in the eyes of the Lord. Not rulers, not kings, not this earth, but in the sight of the Lord, my son is going to be great. Mm -hmm. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. Man, this is a, he's going to be consecrated. Mm -hmm. He's going to be pure. He's going to be holy. He's going to be untainted. Right. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. even from his mother's womb. Wow. Not that the Spirit would come upon him, mm -hmm. which as of old, which was How normally happened. the process. Right. That's right. The Spirit would come upon. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But even before he comes into this earth, mm -hmm. inside Elizabeth's womb, right. he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Again, another word that's like, how can that happen? Yeah. It's almost that whole... <laughs> um, uh, how can a man be born again? How right. can I go back into my mother? You know, and right. having that explanation given to him, this is the same thing. How can he be filled with the Holy Spirit inside of his? There are all these, this amazing, incredible celebratory word with all these questions and weird phrases, right. and, which is the nature of the prophetic, mm -hmm. is the mystery of the prophetic. Right. That here's your answer, but it's going to be shrouded in a little bit of mystery. Right. Because there's a greater purpose than just what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this description of John, it's interesting because uh, it also begins a process that um, that Luke does, uh, where he's comparing Jesus or John and Jesus also going back and forth. That's part of the reason why there's this uh, interesting back. And, it's not just uh, the story of John and then the story of Jesus, but we're going to discover in, later in the chapter there's going to be here's some John, here's some Jesus, here's some John, here's some Jesus. Luke is structuring these this narrative back and forth to help us see the differences but also the similarities between these two guys we see that uh, John is going to be great in the sight of the Lord and he will uh, be someone that will be celebrated at the same time we see that he is to abstain from fermented drink and uh, would be filled with the Holy Spirit now this is an interesting thing I saw somebody talking about some have suggested that possibly he would uh, be someone who took the Nazarite vow but also some have suggested that the absence of drink, that part of that consecration process he has, uh, he would be, instead of, uh, say words else, <laughs> absence of drink means he would be consistently, uh, he would be constantly in a state of being a priest. Because during that time frame, if you were serving as the priest, you couldn't take part of a drink. So his life was a constant state of priesthood. And he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. He would be controlled by Holy Spirit, not by fermented drink. He wouldn't lose his senses to those things but he would allow God to direct him at all times. And so it's a, there's a lot happening. And like yeah. you said, Zach Ryan's got this problem. This look, was like, I'm excited, but why is his name John? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like who's John? That's right. So that's right. Oh man. All right. Verse 16 and 17. Pastor. And how can he be filled with the Holy spirit inside my wife's body? Yeah. How can that happen? Mm -hmm. That's never happened mm. that I know of. He's a priest. Yeah. It's never happened. Yeah. Like, how is that going to happen? Before this time frame, we have no recording of that. We yeah, see the Holy Spirit we, coming upon we people. know all this terminology, and so we're like, ah. And it's like, no, they had no mm -hmm. context for this at all. 
All right, verse 16 and 17, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. That's not just a throwaway sentence right there. Mm-hmm. That, that is an Old Testament prophecy, which we see verse 17. Mm-hmm. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. All right, so here the angel points Zechariah, and by proxy, the any Jewish audience who's reading this, and hopefully Theophilus who's learning about Jewish stuff. Malachi. So Malachi. Yep. Chapter four, verse five through six. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So. Here's a question for you, Pastor. If, is the angel saying that John is the reincarnation of Elijah, or does the spirit and power of Elijah mean something else? Yeah, no, it's not the reincarnation of Elijah. John the Baptist is John the Baptist. He mm-hmm. is his own person. Um, the, the spirit and power of Elijah is more of a forerunner, one that prepares the way. Mm-hmm. Again, we see types and shadows all throughout the Old Testament mm-hmm. of, of not just Jesus, but forerunners. If you go all, if you really want to take the Aaron out priesthood, Aaron is a forerunner for Moses. Mm. Moses is the deliverer. Right. But Aaron was a forerunner. Mm-hmm. He literally was a voice in the wilderness for <laughs> Moses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Why? Because Moses could not speak well. Mm-hmm. So Aaron becomes the mouthpiece. And we talk about this all the time. Every time there was a deliverer announced, mm-hmm. whoever was the ruler always came after the children to extinguish the children, right. to extinguish the threat against their leadership. Mm-hmm. Going all the way back to Pharaoh, the deliverer is coming. They go after the firstborn, which would include Moses, but it also included Aaron. Right. Same thing is happening in this day, mm-hmm. in, in Herod's day. He has gone after the children, mm-hmm. which would have been Jesus. Right but also John the Baptist, right. the forerunner. So this is not a reincarnation of Elijah. This is, this is in the spirit um, and power of Elijah, that anointing, that, that prophetic nature, that prophetic gifting, that, that forerunner mentality to go before. Mm. You know, and, and Elijah does a John the Baptist on, the, on Mount Carmel when he calls down fire from heaven. He's like... You choose this day um, who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the Lord God? Or are you going to serve the pro- Are you going to serve the gods of Baal? Right. You choose today. What does John the Baptist say? Repent for the kingdom of God is hand. Choose this day. Right. You choose this day. So it's that same spirit and power, not a reincarnation. This is not Elijah. Mm. This is not quote unquote the mantle or the transference right. of anything. This is uh, the calling. Of the forerunners, right? The calling of a forerunner, mm. um, and and you can call that a mantle, you can call <laughs> it whatever you want to, but it's not a reincarnation of Elijah, because that's got a whole other thing that we could deal with that he's taken out of the chariots of horsemen, and then we also know that one of the witnesses in the end times, again, yeah, I'm not going to go into all that, but. <laughs> I just want to put that out there because there are some people that they, they read these scriptures like, well, what does that mean? How does this take place? Because there is a conversation later like, is this Elijah? No, it's no. Nope. This is this is John. This is a man that's operating in the spirit and power of Elijah. That's akin to uh, who he is, but it also kind of marks the 
the type of ministry he'll have. When you look at John later, you realize, man, this is a this is a different kind of calling. He's not in a temple making sacrifices. That's right. He's doing like his father. Like his father, he's doing something very different. Yep. But to John, not even in Jerusalem. Yeah, outside Jerusalem. That's right. Yeah. In the Judean wilderness, which is why I think that some commentator, commentators try to take that Nazarite vow and and overlay it onto John the Baptist mm-hmm. because he wore camel hair, and uh, he ate honey, mm-hmm. and he had wild. You know, he was wild, mm-hmm. quote unquote wild. Um, he, he wore camel's hair and he ate honey because he was in the Judean wilderness. Right. That's what was there. That's what they did. <laughs> they ate locusts. Right. He was not some freak going, oh, I signed a paper when I was at this awesome worship conference and, you know, whatever. <laughs> the spirit of the I long hair. I signed a Z- Nazarite <laughs> vow. I'm never going to do this and I'm never going to do that. And right. I'm going to be weird for the sake of being weird. That's right. crazy talk. Yeah. John the Baptist is not being weird. He wore camel's hair. He ate locusts. He ate honey. Why? Because he lived in the Judean wilderness, right. and that's what they did. Yeah. Now, was his ministry different? Absolutely, because his voice was different, mm-hmm. and because his name was different. Yeah. If his name mm-hmm. is Zacharias, he's in Jerusalem. He's in the temple. Exactly. He's in the priestly garments, mm-hmm. not. Really, if you want to put it this way, he was in secular garments. Mm. Yeah. Because those were the garments of the Judean wilderness. That's just what you wore. Out it wasn't there. priestly garments. Yeah. Yet his voice mm-hmm. is priestly. His voice yeah. carries that anointing, mm-hmm. which was the spirit and power of Elijah. I appreciate you brought that up because that is a that does take a, a lot of people think they have to you know when they go all out for God they have to be weird they got to do weird stuff. It's not. It's just that when you look at the moves of God throughout history, it's they we go man that's so weird that's so wild. They were just there. Yeah, they were just present. This is what they did. This is how they did things, and this is how they were personally convicted. They weren't out writing books going, okay, you can't have a, a newspaper in your house at all. You can't do this or that. Why? This was just a conviction that God put underneath them. John was out in the wilderness just doing life. That's right. Walking in the calling he had for him. Yep. So, crazy. All right, verse 18, and Zacharias said to the angel, so now Zacharias is finally replying, mm-hmm. how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. All right, so here's a question for you. That's, that seems a bit harsh. The Suddenly he's like, I'm just trying to understand what's going on. And then the angel's like, all right, you're going to be quiet from now on until the this is all fulfilled. Why Why is this such the harsh response from uh, Gabriel? Well, the angel has already given him the revelation. Mm-hmm. He's already shown himself to him first. Right. That's, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. The angel has already revealed himself to him and said, God has heard you. Here's God's response. You're mm-hmm. going to have a son. Yeah. And this is what's going to happen. He's actually going to even uh, uh, fulfill the Old Testament scriptures that one would come in the spirit of the power of Elijah. Mm-hmm. And so Zacharias's response, we think, is, well, all he says is, how shall I know this? But that's a statement of unbelief mm-hmm. in what the angels already told him. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to know all this? I need to know how it's going to happen, mm-hmm. Right. How shall I know all this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. When he says I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years, 
that brings question to the angel that the angel did not know that. Mm -hmm. He's the angel of the Lord. Right. Because what did Gabriel say? I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. I already know all that. Right. Like you're bringing into question the angel of the Lord in the temple. Right. <laughs> in right. the holy place. This is a big deal. Yeah. Like he didn't just say, he could have just said, yes, sir. Now, I don't need to know anything else. Mm -hmm. The Lord's already said that. That's a promise from God. Yeah. But yet he's doubting the angel who stands in the presence of the Lord of whether he even knows that they're old mm. or advanced in years. He's bringing into question the authority of the angel. Right. And so when, and again, we think of angelic beings as these little things flying around, <laughs> floating around. And, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. That's not, yeah. That's not the biblical definition of, of angelic visitation. Mm -hmm. And so when, when he says, and was sent to speak to you and bring these glad tidings, glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Why? Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time, mm. not your time, their own time. It's right. not for you to know. Right. And that reminds me of Psalm 131 that says, where David says, I'll not concern myself with lofty things, mm. things too profound for me. Right. But I will calm and quiet my soul. Mm -hmm. And I think, man, that would have been a good one for Zacharias to be <laughs> to reminded of. Yeah. yeah. He would have been like, what did David say? What did David say? What did... Oh, David said, I will not concern myself with things that confound me. I'm just going to still and quiet my soul. Yeah. Yes, angel Gabriel. Yeah. But he didn't do that. No. I, he called him into question. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think some people, like today, I know people that they'll hear from the Lord in one fashion or another. But then they'll question it the entire time. There's a difference between going, all right, sweet. This is what the Lord's promised. Let me walk the practicals out a little bit. And then going, are you sure about that? Like, is God really doing that? There's a big difference between that. And I think That's a lot right. of people talk themselves out of the the calling that God has for them because they're questioning if it's accurate or not. And something interesting, too, is not just the angel coming to him and giving him a word, but the angel came and confirmed it with Old Testament scripture. Mm. So the angel's coming to him with a confirming word mm -hmm. of Scripture, not just a word. There are a lot of people who get a word. Right. But have you gotten a word from the word? Mm. Or is it just something you're throwing out? Yeah. Which is the line between New Ageism mm. and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. New Ageism and the Word of God. Right something that sounds mystical and spiritual, right. but yet it has no foundation in the Word of God. The angel comes, he gives a mystical, weird, wacky mm -hmm. response, but he says he will come, he quotes the Old Testament yeah, when he, he comes. Takes him back to the hard copy of everything. That's right, that's right. Yeah. And that's one thing I don't think even people think about when they read this, mm. is that when the angel comes, he doesn't just come with a word, but he brings the word with him right. as that confirming uh, uh, word. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's keep going. And the people waited for Zacharias. So they're waiting. They're still <laughs> waiting and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. So here's this. Is he, is he dead? Like what mm -hmm. is happening? But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. Mm. So these verses tell us that uh, there was an element of suspense taking place for the people. They're like, you know, there's the guys on the other end of the rope going, 
I mean, I still hear bells ringing, but he's taking a hot minute. And then there's people outside just waiting for things to take place. And again, people are going to wonder why he was taking so long. What would have been going through their minds during this time period while they were waiting? Both the the people outside, but even the guys in the temple. Because again, there's somebody on the other end of the rope waiting to hear for Because the way that worked out was you wore bells when you went to the Holy Holies. Uh, and if that stopped ringing, basically, because you stopped moving, they pulled you out because they assumed you had died because you had dishonored the Lord in some fashion. So here we have two groups of people. What do you think is going through their minds while they're like, this is taking a lot longer than it should? Well, again, we can only speculate. Right. But I think we did cover a little bit of this earlier mm-hmm. when we talked about, the, you know, they're praying for him, but they're also in a dark time. They're also in a hopeless time. Mm-hmm. They're not just in a time where they're hoping the priest can go in and do their priestly duty, but they would come back with a word from the Lord mm. of hope. Mm-hmm in this dark time. Mm-hmm. This is a moment of trepidation, but hopefulness mm-hmm. that those that have been anointed and gifted and chosen mm. and the lot had fell into them, that they would go in with a pure heart and they would come out and be able to give us a word to bring some light to our darkness. Mm. And so when he's in there and in there and in there, there had to be you know, again, trepidation, but I also think maybe a little bit of hopefulness. Mm. Like, he is seeing something. Something's happening yeah. in there. And so when it says um, they marveled, that's not a confusing word. Right. That's a word of expectation. Um, and and when he comes out and he couldn't speak to them, that's when they're like, man, something must have happened that he can't even, he can't even communicate to us how mm. glorious it was. Yeah. So to me, I think it's more hopefulness than it is fear. Right. Yeah. There, there's this anticipation taking place. Like we, we mentioned at the top of the of the show, God's not been speaking to these people for a while. There's been a silence. And so part of that whole marvel is like, wait, did he get a vision? Is is God speaking to us again? Yeah. Is there a revelation taking place? That, like what's going on? That's right. And so there's a lot of, of emotions I see just swirling up and people going, is hope being restored now? That's that right. We've been missing. That's right. All right. Verse uh, 23. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. Again, this is huge. <laughs> and she hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days which he looked upon me to take away my reproach, not from God, Mm. but among the people. Mm. The people thought I was cursed. The people reproached me. Mm -hmm. The people avoided me. The people. I love that Luke puts that in there. Mm. It is so, it is such the human element of this story and brings us back to earth after this amazing vision and angel and all this other stuff, but it brings us back to this place of just these two people, mm. just these two humans yeah. that had been hopeless, that had, and now hope has come, yet hope is still held back because something's happened to Zacharias that's very confusing. Right. And he's been told something himself that was very confusing. Mm-hmm. And now you have a man who can't speak, who's Literally, and I know people get weirded out by this sometimes, but the way I see it is when he was in there, he was impregnated with 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 the seed of John. Mm. The uh, 
the promise mm -hmm. of John. And then not long after that, Elizabeth is impregnated with the literal seed of John. Mm -hmm. And the two are carrying this seed together just in different ways. Right. He can't speak of what is inside of him. Mm -hmm. He's just got to let it grow. Mm -hmm. And he's got to deal with the disappointments of it, the confusion of it, the doubt of it, the hopefulness of it. She's hiding herself away. She's not going to speak of it to people because she's hiding herself away. Right. She can't tell anybody. So she's carrying this with hopefulness and yet doubt, maybe a little trepidation. Mm -hmm. Because why is this happening to my husband? Right. Is there something wrong? Is this baby even going to be born healthy? Yeah. Why would all this be happening the way that it's happening? So they're carrying this seed in different ways, this, this promise from God. They're carrying in very different ways, but in the same humanity, the same anxieties, the same thought processes, the same feelings. Um, yet at the same time, we will find out later that as they're carrying this, they're actually carrying it with faith. Yeah. And their faith is actually what's going to come out on the other side. That's going to be just the beautiful manifestation of this amazing promise from God. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, that is where we're going to leave it today. We want to hear from you guys. How's this encouraged you? How's it challenged you? Reach out to us, mediahub at thbstreetport.com or check out our Facebook page, Midweek Move. We want to hear from you guys because we want to be able to pray with you and encourage you, help you take your next steps with God. So until next time, have a great week.